Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. What's up, guys? Uh, Terry here. Uh, I'm joined by Jacob and JD Randall. He's a guy we met in the Sheik's Freaks uh, group. We've talked about uh, Sheik's Freaks um, quite a bit uh, recently on our most recent podcast episodes. Um, but if you don't know already, it's just a group that uh, Mr. Dan Sheiks, a personal finance high school teacher in Colorado, uh, started. Um, I think it was about a year or two ago. Um, and Jacob and I recently joined it and have been meeting a bunch of really cool people uh, in the group. And along with them, J.D. Randall. And uh, J.D.'s uh, joining us today to uh, talk about some mutual interests, uh, such as real estate and um personal finances. And I think he's also got some um, other uh, pretty nifty tips he'll, he'll share with us as well. Uh, but JD, do you want to just go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and maybe share like a, um, a little, I don't know, elevator pitch-esque or something to that effect of uh, kind of just about you? <laughs> yeah, I got you. Uh, so I'm JD Randall. I'm going into my senior year of high school. And about a year or two ago, I set a goal to my first rental property while I was still in high school. And the goal is to be able to pay for a two-year church mission with that rental property. So I'm coming up on the end of that. And that's really cool. And you said that in the, what was it, were you a sophomore or a uh, freshman when you set the goal? Uh, it was about, I would have been sophomore, I think. Man. Yeah, sophomore. sophomore. Yeah, that's that's crazy. crazy. How on earth did you even get into like real estate or like that, you know, where you were setting a goal like that at that age? Uh, so my dad is a real estate agent and I was currently working as an electrician mm -hmm. and it was like eight hours a day. I was by myself pretty much the entire time. So I was listening to podcasts. My dad ended up recommending bigger pockets. And over the next like year and a half after that, I listened to, uh, at the time it was 400 podcasts that they had come out with. And I listened to every single one. Oh my so, word. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was a little awesome. obsessed from that that is awesome, man. That's like a uh, that's like a triple masters in real estate right there. That's <laughs> gracious. Um, yeah, that's so a you, lot, man. Um, you said you were an electrician. What were you doing? Like some contracting work? Were you working for someone else, or what kind of work was it? Uh, I was working for my uncles. If you guys are familiar with electrician work at all, I was a trimmer, which means I just put in light switches and cans and like outlets. So it's like simplest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, it's impressive though, that you, you got started working as an electrician when you're, I mean, would you have been 15, 16 at the time as a sophomore? Uh, I was 16. Okay. Okay. Actually, I, mean, I, might have impressive. Been, I might've been 15. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Anyways, go ahead, Terry. Well, anyways, what just surprised me a lot about that too, is just the, the fact that he jumped into listening podcasts, uh, podcast recordings um, ar around that time, because a lot of teens I know probably would have just uh, taken the job as is and just kind of you know, complained about their boredom or just like, uh, you know, how long the job was taken or this or that. I'm like, ah, uh -huh. it's a med job, but something similar when I, when I was working as a janitor at a cafeteria at my dad's, uh, work, I started listening to some podcasts and audiobooks as well. And that made the work like way better. Um, it was actually something like I could look forward to really mundane work because I was learning something and setting these like these really cool books. And I was busting out a bunch of reading and uh, podcast episodes on a daily basis, uh, like during a three hour shift. 
So I was essentially like three hours of reading every day. And I was, I felt like I was getting paid for it. So that's, that's really cool that you took the initiative uh, to step forward and like start teaching yourself um, about a topic and, you know, happen to be real estate. Um, yeah. That's just really cool. Uh, I got a, I got another question for you. Uh, you want to get your first property by the time you graduate high school. So you basically yep. have a year to make that happen. You, you told us before this recording that you want to have that be a burr. Uh, this is actually the first time that our audience has heard of that term, unless they've heard of it outside of team financial freedom. So can you explain to us what a burr is and kind of what the strategy is there? Okay. So burr stands for buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Uh, so you're going to buy a property and you fix it up like a flip, but then instead of selling it, uh, you actually refinance it and the bank gives you the money that you put into the property back. And then after that, you just rent it out and it allows you to get way better returns for, and, and you get all of your money back at the end, which the property that I'm planning on do, or the, I, the thing I'm planning on doing is uh, uh, doing a burr, but without the rehab, that way I just get the way higher return, but I keep my money in it. My understanding is that most people kind of repeat this process over and over again. Is that kind of correct? Like you would do a burr and then you would take that money you got from it. And you kind of do another one and then you just kind of keep accumulating all these properties. Is that correct? Yeah. So the traditional idea is you're able to recycle the same money uh, from one property into another. So you use, I don't know, the like 50,000 that you have, put it into property, rehab it, and then you refinance it, take that all out and go and do a second property. So in the end, the only thing you left in the first property is the time you put into it because you got all your money back. I mean, so this is, this is just different than like traditional long-term um, real estate investing uh, with tenants because you you're getting your money back. Is that my understand? Is my understanding correct? Yeah. So a, a traditional uh, real estate investing would just be buying a property and renting it out. You might have a rehab in there, uh, but this way you're pulling the money back out and you can recycle it. And it, the reason I'll be leaving the money in is because then I'll get the higher return. Gotcha. Okay. Instead of taking the money out. It's good to know. And then you kind of told us before this call that you are kind of working on a partnership with your dad because he has all this knowledge. Uh, it yep. sounds like you have a, a fair amount as well. You've listened to over 400 Bigger Pockets uh, podcast episodes, but mm -hmm. you say you're kind of bringing, um, you're bringing the, the hustle and the, uh, I think you said some of the money from your, um, you're working as a, uh, is it a door-to-door -door salesman for a solar company right now? Is that correct? Yeah. So I sell door to door right now. I'm um, with Phoenix power okay. and yeah, I'm hoping to be able to uh, uh, offer as much of the money as possible. Like perf doing it, like the dream goal of it is to be able to provide all the money. If that doesn't end up happening, uh, I have a goal of by the, by December, no matter how much I have, I'm going to start looking for a property. Okay. It's good to know. And then, I mean, so what exactly are you doing right now as a salesman? I mean, obviously you're going to door to door, just trying to pitch this, yep. but my understanding is that you make, I mean, a decent amount of money doing this. Yeah. So it's about a thousand dollars is about average for a sale, okay. uh, but I, I've had all the way up to like 2,500, I think was my biggest sell. Wow. That's and uh, industry average is about one in four sets. So I only set appointments. I don't actually sell it. Uh, one in four sets will go through. Uh, I've gotten about average with that, but I'm hoping to get that up to about 75% because that's where, how good our closers are. Uh, 
they should be able to do that. So it's just my job of making sure I have better appointments. Okay. So you'd set, let's say four appointments and then one of those would go through and then that would be the one that paid you around a thousand bucks. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So if I do, uh, if I set an appointment every two and a half hours, I'm making a hundred dollars an hour. Wow. That's so. <laughs> crazy to think about. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Is that like a, a reasonable thing that you could set an appointment every two and a half hours? Uh, I worked 11 hours last week and I set like two or three appointments and oh, I have wow. a couple people I'm following up later today. That's insane. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. Go ahead, Terry. What, what goes into, uh, you said you set the appointments, right? So what goes into that, that whole process? And I'm assuming there's a closer you mentioned, which does like the, the pitching. Yeah. Uh, so we call them a solar specialist whenever we're on the doors, but yeah, they're the closer and they go in and actually sell them. Uh, in order to set the appointments, it's an extremely low bar. Like you, all you have to know is I, like, I, we could go over in like five minutes and you'd be able to go out and knock doors that day. Wow. The thing is there's a ton of training that goes into it. So one of my friends that I recruited, he ended up knocking with me. He didn't do any training beforehand. Uh, we started back at, in the end of May. And he's finally starting to pick it up a bit, uh, get in uh, like a set a week. Uh, so training is a big deal for it. Interesting. And so are you the one that like, are you doing, are you setting your appointments over like uh, over the phone or in person? We do in-person appointments. Uh, uh, we can do over the phone, but we don't like those. <laughs> so what's, what's your experience been knocking door to door? Um, Cause I'm sure that's teaching a, a lot of really good, skills and overcoming oh, yeah. the fear of talking to people and all, all those type of things dude it's changed like how i look at everything so much like hmm. oh like well people are just so genuinely nice like in arizona really? i get well it's like i mean every other person i talk to cusses at me but it just yeah. like, <laughs> stops bothering me you know yeah and uh <laughs> like i always ask for water on the doors like people will just offer it to me. I was like, dude, it's hot outside. I mean, it's literally like 120 degrees because it's, you know, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh -huh. uh, but I get offered water all the time. Yesterday, I got some soda from some person. What? And then, yeah, so That's it's cool. definitely changed how I see people. Uh, I was talking with one of my friends recently that, who's selling with me as well. And I was like, dude, it'd be so much fun. We should just like go to a park and talk to a bunch of random like teenagers there and just go try to make friends. And I would never say that before knocking doors, but now it's like, that's like my everyday. So huh. it makes me want to get into like door to door sales just for that. Just like force myself to do what I need. Like I know I need to do is like talk mm -hmm. to random people, talk to strangers, get the, get over that, you know, that fear of, yeah. you know, whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. talking to people. That's but, exactly what I was thinking about. I was thinking I in mm -hmm. one of Darren Hardy's books, I don't remember which one it was, but it was either like, the entrepreneur roller coaster or uh, the compound effect, he kind of talks about trying to fail on purpose and he uses door to door sales as an example. And his goal was literally to try to get as many no's as possible on door to door sales because it teaches you so much. Like you're saying, it changes your entire perspective. And of course, you're, you're getting paid to do this and you're getting yeses along the way. But it's almost like the no's are more valuable in kind of teaching you, you know, new perspectives and whatnot. So I think it's just super cool that you're doing that. I, did, I don't know that many uh, 17 year olds that are involved in door to door sales. I'm, I'm curious, like, how does this opportunity get presented? Because this is like, this is honestly some of the most money that I've heard 
of a teenager making, unless they have like some crazy big YouTube channel or something like that. Like, I don't know very many teens who can work a, a somewhat traditional job and make this much money. So how did you get into that position? Uh, I've had, well, so I came across it with one of my friends got recruited to sell pest. And I was like, dude, I want to do that. Like, I would love a commission job. I've been looking for that all of high school because that's the only way I'd be able to save enough money to buy a house, you know? Mm -hmm. So I reached out to him and I ended up uh, meeting with them. And then long story short, the pest team ended up getting dissolved. But since I had experience selling pest, I got recruited for solar. And before that, I've had uh, seven or so jobs, including uh, wow. selling solar right now. So I've oh. had a lot of different job experience. So I've tried like running my own business. I, I had a party rental business for a while. And I've done worked a lot of construction jobs and I've just always been out there looking for a new thing to try. Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, I mean, I have two more questions for you, uh, at least that come to mind right now. First is, do you think this is like a repeatable, not necessarily a side hustle, but a re repeatable job or um, something that a teen could do? Or is it mostly like you got into this position not very many people could do this uh, and you wouldn't really recommend that other people try to pursue it? No, I, I think anyone could, I think anyone could do it. Really? Okay. That's good to know. So if any of you teens are out there and looking for a, something to do that can make you sounds like a, a decent amount of money, just definitely check yeah. this out. Uh, and then the other thing is you kind of mentioned that you were looking for a, a, a commission job. And to me, what came to mind immediately was an episode that Terry and I just did uh, a little while ago. And that was, we were talking about like entrepreneurship and how yeah. um, your in a traditional job, your income is tied to your time in a sense that you either work for an hourly rate um, or you work for an annual salary. No matter which, which one you pick, you are, are working for a set amount um, for a period of time. And the problem with that is that your time is limited. You can only work so much. Uh, so you, your income is just automatically limited. And so I think that's where entrepreneurship can come in um, and you know, sort of provide a solution to that where your income is no longer tied to your time. It's, or it's tied to how much value you provide. Uh, and it sounds like, although this is a kind of a traditional job, it's commission based and it sort of has like some entrepreneurial roots in it. So mm -hmm. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on entrepreneurship in general. You said you, you had tried to start a business uh, or maybe you did, I don't know. Um, but are you, are you looking to be an entrepreneur in the future? Obviously you're getting into real estate. Uh, you're kind of working this solar job now. Like what are your long-term plans for a career? Okay. So I'm going to buy the rental property within the next year. And mm -hmm. then I'm going to be using that to pay for a two-year church mission. Okay. And then I'll get back from that and I will house hack a property and buy a second one. And then I'll probably be doing sales again. Uh, in order to save up money and I'll become a full-time real estate investor. And I would love to start uh, some kind of business in the future. And one of the businesses that I tried to start, it was called Boys at, Boys at Work. Uh, it was Boys at Work Landscaping. And I would love to start that again when I'm older and just like have a teens only business hmm. where it's the point of it is to get people used to working hard. Love that idea. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Do you have a, I mean, what we've, what Terry and I have been talking about a lot recently is like a financial independence goal of like trying to reach financial independence by, um, for me, it's 30 years old. Do you have a goal like that? 
Uh, I actually, I set the same kind of goal. I I said, I want to be able to, I want to be financially independent by 30. I'm going to take a year off of all work. I'm not really too pushed on that. Like, I know it's going to happen. It's probably going to happen before I'm 30. I Mm -hmm. I set 30 because I was like, that's far enough away that I can just kind of like coast to there at the pace I'm going. And that way I can enjoy life. Well, I I can enjoy the time until then. Sure. Yeah. And then what we were talking about recently too, is it's like a lot of people think that once you reach uh, the stage of financial independence that you just retire and you stop all work. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my friends are like, why on earth would you want to do that? What are you going to do with your life? And, you know, what I think a lot of people don't realize is that at that point, it's like, that's when you can pursue what you're truly passionate about without having to worry about money. So, I mean, do you kind of share the same beliefs when it comes to that? Yeah. So I think once uh, I achieve financial independence, it's just going to be a new chapter in my life. Uh, I'll start something new. I don't know what direction I'll go. I love keeping all my options open so that I could, I could pick whatever I wanted. Yeah. I love that. Specifically. I love that part of keeping your options open because that's what freedom is to me. Mm -hmm. If you, if you actually like love your job and love what you do and you reach a stage of financial independence, then just keep working the same job. You don't have to necessarily quit right away. It's about having the freedom to be able to quit if you want to, or to go start your own business or to start some organization, you know, you can do any of those things. You can go travel the world, whatever you want. It's about having those, those options. I think is what financial independence is all about. Terry, you got any other questions you want to add? Yeah. Your boys at work, a business idea for like lawn care intrigued me. Um, Have you, did you try starting that um, earlier Uh, and you're wanting to like pick it back up once you're in in a different spot? I'm just curious some kind of, What's been your ideas there? Okay, so I started a lawn landscaping business and I I named it Boys at Work. It was me and my friend. We went out and uh, would get customers. We didn't do it for very long. It was for like a month. Uh, It was a summer job kind of. And uh, I would love to just start that back up in the future. And the reason I picked the name Boys at Work is because there's a stereotype of, you know, the teenagers being lazy at home. and. I thought that name just captured uh, so well the idea yeah. of a, you know two teenagers going out to work. So I'd love yeah. to start that back up and hire a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, that'd be uh, really cool. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. It'll probably be something uh, I'll do a couple of years after I return from my mission. So I'd be early 20s by then. Do you have any idea where you're going to go for your mission trip? No, I won't be finding out until... Uh, a month or two before so that'll that'll be exciting (laughs) yes it will i know fingers crossed yep um my uh it sounds like be honest it sounds like something my mom would do if she was she was around your age uh, because she was big into missions when she was young and then uh, Mm -hmm. she's taken well my parents have taken uh, me and my siblings you know all over um so it's been it's been an adventure um overseas have you traveled overseas any before no i haven't Mm. Man, yeah, I'm sure you'll love it. Um, yeah, because the, you, it's a lot like the door-to-door sales. It just gives you a completely different perspective on life, mm-hmm. um, and you gain a, a whole greater appreciation for a lot of things. Um, and it's probably been, you know, I've had a pretty chaotic childhood, uh, moving so much, like over a dozen times. Um, but it's been it's been really fun. I've really enjoyed it because it's just um, it's it's taught like a lot of flexibility and uh, just taking each day. Um, one day at a time. And so that's, that's been something, you know, I really, 
really enjoyed. So one thing that comes to uh, mind here is you've you mentioned before that you listened to a whole bunch of uh, podcast episodes on the Bigger Pockets podcast. I'm curious, mm-hmm. do you have like a like you know, a top favorite podcast and and maybe I'll ask like a a, a like a favorite book or audio book as well, maybe one of each that you've like just really really enjoyed. Yeah. So Bigger Pockets podcast is definitely my favorite. Yep. <laughs> After I've looked at it so much. <laughs> and then my favorite book would be How to Win Friends and Influence People. It, Let's go. It's so foundational. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I love the book. And actually, that brings up another question in mind. I'm sure that book has helped a lot with your door-to-door sales. Um, have you taken any of the lessons out of that book and directly applied them to, to your sales jobs or your jobs or just like all your you know, jobs in the past? Uh, sort of. So... When I'm knocking doors, I just have to genuinely care about people. Like just yeah. every time I go in up to a door, I try to find something outside and say, and I don't know, they'll have some funny doormat or something. Mm-hmm. And I'll just try to say, like, gosh, I love this person. They're amazing. They're individual. They have a unique story. And I'm excited to talk with them. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting perspective. Yeah. I have to, it's been a while since I've read the book. Um, but I feel like that does tie into a specific like chapter he talked about. And I can't remember what the term for it was. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, and then the, the other question I had was um, if you were talking to a younger you, so like 15 or 14 or 15 years old, um, or even just like a different, um, like a different kid altogether, like a peer um, who was a few years behind you and but had a lot of ambition and wanted to get to a similar goal, like say retirement goal by the time he's 30. Um, what, what would you tell him? Uh, what would be like your, your big point you would emphasize to the guy? Okay. So I'm going to answer this question as if I was talking to my younger brother, Mark. Okay, cool. And he's 14. Mm-hmm. And I would tell them, make sure you have as much fun in high school. I mm-hmm. definitely feel like I still am. And try out everything. Find what you enjoy. Uh, I found that I've enjoyed the commission-based work and it's what's leading me to my goals. Uh, just have a lot of fun. Keep your eyes open. There's going to be opportunities that come up. And a lot of the time you just have to uh, do the hard work and, yeah. but make sure to work hard and play hard. Yep. I like it. It reminds me of a conversation I had with a guy uh, was around a similar age to us. I think he was like, maybe closer to 20, um, Trey Miller. Um, he was a great guy. Loved loved interviewing him. But he started a lawn care business um, that he ended up selling, and he ran it for like a year or two. Um, but his his big takeaway as well was just like take action, like just do it, like do the mm-hmm. thing on your mind, whatever it is, whatever you've been pondering about doing, just do it. Um, because you know he he learned a lot from his uh, business, and there's a whole interview on it that I'll be throwing <laughs> out there later. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, that's that's a that's a great great point as well jacob anything else or are you good i'm good cool. uh, I, I have one more thing i want to mention i think our high school years is the time to just try out everything and find what you love so try to just uh don't go for like an, a basic oh i'm gonna go work at subway like look yeah. at just ask people about what they're doing for work mm-hmm. and i've been offered so many doors or so many jobs while i'm knocking doors because i'll mm-hmm. ask someone about their work and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, we're hiring people all the time. You want to come work for us? And they're like, That's interesting. just ask people about it. The jobs are going to come up. Go for something interesting. Find what you love. And 
that way you know what you're going for. Yeah, that's that's a really unique perspective I haven't even uh, ran into yet because a lot of people just say like, um, you know, go get a really basic, you know, sub like a subway job or some fast food job or something. Uh, I've had you know one of those myself, um, and it taught me some things, but I don't think it'll teach you nearly as much as um, <laughs> as a commission based or one of the types of jobs you're running. And mm-hmm. I, I really like your your point too of just asking people about their work um, because people most people do like what they do, um, or enjoy the work they're doing. And I'm sure, so I'm sure, you know, that's like one of the, how to win friends and influence uh, people topics is getting them talking about, you know, what they love and that builds yeah. a, a better connection as well. So th- that's a really good point. Um, do you have any going off that one last thing last, do you have any like pointers for someone who is looking for work, how you would go about doing it? Would you just like talk to a parent or like a parent's friend or, um, how would you start looking for some unique, type of work like I said just start asking everyone what they do for work so talk to your parents uh if whatever they're doing is something you're interested in say hey can I come uh try working for you guys for a week if I like it I'll keep working or uh mm-hmm. friends or family just, just anyone ask everyone yeah. yeah there we go well cool all right well I think that's all the questions I uh me, me and Jacob have um Anything else you would like to mention or uh, point the, the, the listeners to, to go afterwards? A lot of time when people look at someone who's successful, they say, oh, that's unfair because they just had this thing that came up and it was just easy for them. Mm-hmm. And everyone has an unfair advantage. So find yours and run with it. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. There you go. All right. Well, that's a that's a great note to, to wrap this uh, episode on uh, up on and um if uh, you guys have any more questions for, for JD, feel free to reach out to us and we can uh, pull up his uh, Slack or Instagram or um, mm-hmm. I can't remember um, how Jacob got in touch with him, um, but we can connect you with him if you'd like. Um, but uh, with that, uh, we'll go and wrap this episode up and see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it.